Warning, Marriage on the Rocks provides unfiltered, unconventional, and sometimes unwelcomed relationship advice. Seth and Crystal are certified relationship coaches who have adopted specific methods that work very well for them. Your results may vary. Hey everyone, welcome to our 39th episode of Marriage on the Rocks. I'm Crystal. I'm Seth. Jeez, <laughs> that hit me like right in the back of my my jowls. Like, it, did it make your like mouth kind of like water or yeah. something? <laughs> I think I took too big of a, a sip on that. <clears throat> that's that's good. <laughs> so every week we have a drink with our discussion, and this week we decided to make some dry man hands. That's yeah, dry for sure. Yeah, it is. <clears throat> it, well, and we were initially initially gonna make. Well, we just didn't have sweet vermouth. Yeah, so. regular Manhattan. Yeah. And so yeah, we had dry vermouth, not sweet. And so we're like, oh, let's just let's just make dry. Yeah, it's not it's not bad though. I don't yeah. think it's bad. It's really strong. We kind of deviated. I mean, once again, we've been doing the bullet mm-hmm. drinks because they have so many. And so they have they theirs is a rye Manhattan. It's made with their bullet rye. Mm-hmm. And then it's uh, yeah. And then we realized that we didn't have any rye. Sweet left vermouth. Too. Yeah. So we didn't have any rye. Uh-huh. We didn't have any sweet vermouth. <laughs> so we used the barrel strength uh-huh. whiskey with dry vermouth. Mm-hmm. And then two cherries. That's it. That's all that's in the drink. Uh-huh. And so it's oh, and bitters. And oh, and you, bitters. Yeah. You had a little bit of the. What is it, aromatic or is it aromatic? I don't know. How do you know. say that? I don't know. I, it's bitters. Yeah. Um, so it's different. I mean, Manhattans are strong anyway. Yeah. Uh-huh. So that's pretty yeah, good. It is pretty good. Um, I'm glad we got to use these glasses. That's the first time we've used these. Yeah, I've, uh, I got them a, a long time ago mm-hmm. for us, and they've just been sitting there looking pretty on our bar, yeah. and now we get to use them for the first time. Yeah. So that's cool. Uh, so... This week, Seth, we have a a dumbass post of the week that we actually received from one of our listeners. Mm-hmm. So do you want to? Do you go? want to say who the listener was? Oh, sure. Yeah, it was Dana Edson. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so she uh, she actually texted us and mm-hmm. was like, "Hey, I, I have found a- your dumbass post of the week." Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, so this is one I, we've we've. Have we actually talked about it on air, or have we just... Well, I think we've talked about referred it. Referred to it? We have. We have talked about it, because I remember saying blah, blah, blah about yeah. it. Uh-huh. You know, we, we, we've mentioned some of the, the I don't know if I'd say cliche, but those those ones that tend to have this this d- different meaning to it. I mean, the, the, the one in particular that we've talked about before, for sure, is the, you know, I, I love you even on days when I... It's hard to like you, or, or something like that, which mm-hmm. we just completely disagree with. But this one's kind of in the same line. Yeah, it is. Um, and I think people, people once again, tend to use this and share this on social media and tag their partners in it. And if those prolific type of marriage websites use this, they get thousands of likes. Uh-huh. Um, and I don't like to get too deep about it, but it, I think when you really start looking at it, you realize what I'm talking about. But it, it's the one that says, a perfect marriage is just two imperfect people not willing to give up on one another. Uh-huh. And, refusing to give yeah, up. Yeah, refusing to give up. And so when, when somebody like us says that to make fun of this post, the initial reaction is, well, you guys just think you're perfect. Yeah. And that's not no. it at all. Uh-huh. That's not what we're saying. We know that we aren't perfect. We know that we each as a unit, aren't perfect and separately aren't perfect. But the point of making fun of this is not to say, well, if you were perfect with one another, you wouldn't feel this way. And that's not it. <laughs> right. Uh-huh. It's the second half of it 
that is refusing to give up on each other uh-huh. because we have stated on here before multiple times that we do think that there are definite reasons and circumstances for you to walk away from the relationship. Mm-hmm. But this is one of those things that people tend to use when if somebody says, you know, our our marriage has been ups and downs. It's usually something somebody shares as they're rebound of they're bouncing back from a down period. Yeah, it is. Um, and and the problem with that is the down period for certain people means totally different circumstances than other people. If you're talking about you know, an illness or a grieving period or a life-changing event not caused by ignorance, stupidity, or your own personal fault by not contributing something to the relationship, to the relationship or contributing right. something negative to the relationship. When we're talking about those real-life speed bumps, not caused because you're stupid, <laughs> then maybe this is appropriate. Right. Or, or that same type of thought. Mm-hmm. But if you have, you know, done something dumb like... You, you're a dude that just won't stop going to the strip club mm-hmm. and you and your wife are fighting all the time about it and she's not having sex with you because you're looking at plenty of naked women throughout the week or every time you go on the road looking at these strippers, which I've admitted that's what I used to do in my last relationship. Mm-hmm. You're not allowed to use this as this endearing little method yeah. of, well, we're, we're still, we're, we're perfect for each other because we won't give up on one another yeah. and, and I'm just as imperfect as you because that's, it's, idiotic uh-huh. to have that type of perspective about it. So it's not necessarily that the statement of a relationship is, is a perfect relationship is two imperfect people. Mm-hmm. That, that's not it because that's pretty much every relationship. Yeah. Every relationship is two imperfect people, but it's the second half of refusing to give up on one another. Once uh-huh. again, there are certain things that we believe you should walk away from. Mm-hmm. It's not that someone is trying to make a change or trying to better their situation or their life. And you're like, I'm done. It's, recognizing those patterns of behavior that signal and sign that your life and well-being are worse off than they should be. So get out of there. So Yeah, I know. Well, and I think that far too many people do say it in the wrong way mm-hmm. <laughs> and not the right way. Well, and that's when you see people that you know personally that share it and you're like, it's just the big eye roll. Mm-hmm. You're like, oh my gosh, okay. Mm-hmm. Really? That's yeah. what you're refusing to get up on? Give up is, on? Or, yeah, yeah, is that... You know, they've done this to you. You've you've blasted them on social media how many times uh-huh. for whether it's cheating on you or doing something stupid or stabbing you in the back or finding out secrets on their phone or whatever it is. That's what you're not giving up on. That doesn't mean that you're a perfect marriage with two imperfect people. That means you're idiot A with idiot B <laughs> and you have dumbass relationship C. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so, totally. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, so thanks, Dana, for uh, for sending us that and allowing us to expand a little bit more on that because we always have thought that that is Yeah, dumb. It, that it's a dumb one, yeah. Mm-hmm. This week we wanted to... We, we did a little bit of research and um, we, you know, after... You know, it's, it's in, in February now and so... After the new year, we kind of wanted to see, like, um, statistics about Mm -hmm. divorce out there. And um, we initially were like, well, we can, you know, maybe we could do an episode on the reasons why people get divorced. Well, and we may do that on another episode. Yeah. But... Well, we, we've kind of talked about some of that a little already. Bit. Uh-huh. Um, and we've talked about some of the reasonings or statistics behind 
some of the why or who files for divorce. Yeah, we have. We've mentioned that stuff a little bit. Uh-huh. So we've kind of beat around the bush with this topic a little bit. And mm-hmm. as we said going into the new year, we, we still intend and we are going to do one on cheating. Yes. But there's there's a lot involved around that subject mm-hmm. that we would either have to do a three-part thing Maybe. on it, which uh-huh. we still may, but we were look, looking at more aspects of, of, of relationships ending that aren't just necessarily due because to cheating. Because of cheating. Yeah. Uh-huh. And so in talking about that and in looking at other information, we've we found some other good subtopics that we think are, are worth talking about and are... And are fun looking at and fun exploring. And, and yeah, and that's kind of how we got to this. Yeah, so what we decided to talk about today was the, the different pro- professions that people are in. The I guess the... Um, which job has the highest rate of divorce? Yeah. Is which, really. which job has the highest rate of divorce and which jobs have the lowest rate yeah. of divorce too? And it, it's always fun just kind of looking at... Fun from our perspective, I guess, not those going through it. But right. From, yeah. from our perspective, looking at, well, well, who's really, who's getting divorced? Or even even interacting with with people or seeing these professions and, and even just having the thought like, oh, I wonder how long they've been married or how long do you think they'll last? And it's it's not really to say if you're in this profession, you have this percentage chance of getting divorced. Right. It's, it's not no. used as a scare tactic. It's just... It's just to state the facts. It's, it's just, just to stats. <laughs> yeah. It's just legitimized t- t- statistics based on who got divorced in 2018, mm-hmm. and that was one of the reasons we were kind of waiting was to see you know, they're not going to publish that to crap on numbers. January first. You right. have to wait a month or two, mm-hmm. and so we're we're deep enough in February that um, we figured the week of Valentine's Day. Let's talk about divorce. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Happy Valentine's yeah. Day, um, everybody. By the way. It's uh, it'll be in a couple days after we uh, we air this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah. but I know why not talk yeah. about divorce. We did the Valentine's episode last week. Uh-huh. Maybe we should have swapped them, but yeah, whatever. But yeah, so it was just it was just neat, kind of looking at well, well, who is it? And and there's all kinds of information out there. It's not really just collected from from one source. And some of them get extremely detailed oh on gosh, the yeah. actual job title and. Uh-huh. If you look at that, there are some of them like, I don't even know anybody that does that. Yeah. So how are they getting divorced that high? And so some of it is if you have, um, was was the small engineer or um, the small engine mechanic on the lower high? Do you remember? Uh, I think it was on the low, wasn't it? Maybe it was on the low. Yeah, yeah. But like, so we want to talk about. The ones that have the highest rate, and then the ones that have the lowest. No, rate. it was on the high. Was I it, on, it was the on the high? Yeah, the highest rate. Okay. Uh-huh. Yeah, it was on the high one. But that's one of the, like one of them was small engine mechanic. Uh huh. Well, there aren't. It, it, it's not like, and you'll see some some of the jobs on here. Like, oh, you you know five or ten people that do that job, uh-huh. especially depending on what you do for a living. Yeah. But a small engine mechanic is a pretty specific. Job. I mean, you got to figure that even on the high end, I mean, how many of those are across the country? Mm-hmm. So I think some of it's kind of the same statistics that you get, like a per capita thing. Yeah, I like, know. Like, you know, if there's, if there's 10,000 small engine mechanics and, you know, 48% of them get divorced, then that's pretty high. Or, uh-huh. or I'm saying, you know, half of them get divorced. That's high, but maybe it's just because that is so small. Uh-huh. Maybe there's not that many people in that yeah. field. I mean, uh-huh. if you... 
throw underwater basket weaving in there and there's two of them in the country and one of them gets divorced, then you can say, well, underwater basket weavers have a 50% rate of divorce. So some of them were kind of along that line. Uh It's like, well, hey, I don't even know what the hell that job is. Uh Um, So we had to look it up like, what what is this? And it's like, I don't know anybody that does that. And so some of those made the list, but then some of them, similar job titles in similar industries and professions they got so specific, mm-hmm. it was like Why five jobs just... spread out in the top 20 yeah. highest rate for divorce when they should have just said, okay, somebody that works on an assembly line is here. It doesn't have to be the person that stands at this point in the assembly line and folds this box. It has a 42% divorce rate, but then the guy next to him at the next press machine has a 43%. Why, <laughs> I don't know why you wouldn't just put all of them together. I know, I know. Um, so you're going to see some that have big lists of... Mm-hmm very specific, unique jobs that Mm -hmm. most of us don't relate to and don't know. And I know that there probably are some do, but on the the spectrum of knowing a lot of people to do this and knowing a little, a good chunk fell in that little piece. Yeah, Um, I would say so too. So we took some liberties. I guess that's good like for us that we don't know that many people like that. But we looked at those that had like five or six based on their percentages assigned to that specific job and said, okay, you know what? These people work in manufacturing. Yeah, they're in the same category. Same field. It's the same field of work. we might as well put those ones together and these ones together and then just kind of uh, get our own own numbers Mm -hmm. (laughs) out of it. Yeah, and then look and see kind of what that is. And then not just to say, well, this job has this, but why? Mm -hmm. Why do we think that somebody like that has it? So we, we can talk about that as we kind of go through what some of these jobs are. Yeah, so we're going to go through the the top, um, the higher rates, the highest for, rates of divorce, of divorce yeah. first, and then we'll go through the lower ones, but um, the... And it's not to say that if you or your spouse has this job... I know. You're going to get divorced. No, it's, we're not saying that. I mean, you, you can look at... We think that a good marriage is a good marriage. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people don't understand what a good marriage is because they think they're in a good marriage and they're not. Mm -hmm. But if you're in a bad marriage, it doesn't matter if your partner works in manufacturing labor or as a cop or as a nurse or as a doctor, a shitty relationship is still a bad relationship. Mm -hmm. Um, So it really wouldn't have mattered what profession your spouse was in or you were in that would have prevented that divorce. Yeah. We just think it's interesting. Yeah. It's just interesting to to talk about. Yeah. Talk about um, so number ten on the on the high end is going to be um, ambulance drivers and first responders. Yeah. So this one was was it forty six point three? Yeah, forty six point three. Forty six point three percent rate of divorce. Mm-hmm. Um, that's now this is the lowest one on the high end. So yeah. that's you're still at almost fifty percent. Mm-hmm. Um, which with the job I do and one of the jobs you used to do, mm-hmm. we've seen this yeah. firsthand multiple times. Mm-hmm. Um, we worked with those people. We saw those relationships go down the toilet. We saw things. And it's not... Uh, I have a hard time, most of the time, when I look at jobs... Oh, I'm sorry. Look at uh, the profession that has the highest rate of divorce. I tend to just immediately associate that with the, cheating. the highest rate of cheating. Uh-huh. Um, and, and sometimes I'm right. It could be. And it could be one of the main factors, but... It's not always. And so mm-hmm. I, I have to be able to step back and say, well, it's not that everybody I knew in that job cheated on their partner. Because 46% of the ones I knew didn't cheat. Yeah. But 
I know. 100% of them worked long hours. Yes. They spent a lot of time away from their family. They were in a very stressful environment. Mm -hmm. Um, And and so that type of stress, unfortunately, bleeds over into the home life. Yeah, and it it definitely takes a toll on a person having to... You know, see all of all of that stuff every day. You know, with I don't know, people you know blowing their brains out and mm-hmm. yeah, they 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 have and some of these jobs make the list of highest rates of depression and highest rates of suicide. There are some jobs out there that take a very unique person that has to be able to have that mental switch to flip things on and off, and has to have a thick enough skin that they don't carry that burden with them when they leave. Yeah. And we see a lot of people get into these fields because they're empathetic, they're compassionate, they want to make a difference, and they don't really understand or realize how awful the world actually is. Yeah, until they get there. Until you start working in that environment. And then it's real. It gets real, really fast. And, And that becomes a... By the time you've been through your education and your training and you get there, it's too late to say, you know what? I'm, I'm not doing this. I made a mistake. Yeah. <laughs> um, because you've already invested time and money for years to get there. And mm-hmm. then it's just like, oh my God, nobody told me it was going to be this bad. I know. You know, yeah. I would have never guessed in a million years that I would be standing on top of a hospital waiting on a helipad to come down, getting blood rained on me because there was a kid in there that shot his face off with a shotgun yeah. and blood was dripping out the bottom of a helicopter yeah. and we're standing there like is it raining it was dark uh-huh. like is it raining and it's blood yeah. coming down as the helicopter's landing i mean and you just you don't think about stuff like that and and so those that use that have pretty good successful transitions are those that kind of were prior military or yeah. were used to being exposed to that type of stuff mm-hmm. but you're your average typical student that hasn't been exposed to that it causes a huge culture shock mm-hmm. um and we also see in some of those jobs not everybody but you see a lot of them that don't really talk to their partner about it because they're either they don't want to burden their partner with how the awful the story like, is or they just immediately think you don't understand mm-hmm. yeah i think that you see that a lot and mm-hmm. that's where you start to get the disconnect mm-hmm. because if i can't go home and talk to my partner about my day mm-hmm. What are you going to talk about? Mm-hmm. And and so you start to see this this distance. Well, as you're getting distant from your partner, you're finding more and more in common with those you work with, mm-hmm. and that's where the it, it puts a magnifying glass on how little you have in common with your partner, and it mm-hmm. may cause attraction to somebody else you're working with that gets it and understands. Yeah, it. I know. Um, and I think that's why you see you see a lot of people in the same industries marry one another. Yeah, I mean, we met at work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And I think that, um, with, like, well, luckily for me in that job, when I had that type of, well, it wasn't exactly that type of job, a first, I wasn't a first responder, but, um, being, working in the emergency room and, uh, as just a, a you know, front desk registration person mm-hmm. and me realizing, yeah, there's no way I want to become a nurse or a first responder. And, um, you know, thankfully (laughs) I was able to see that before I went to Mm -hmm. school and did all of that. You got another complete industry altogether. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which it's funny because, and you were one to talk about it. Once, once you've been in that and you transition out, it's so much easier to put up with 
the things that people in, uh, I don't know if I'd say normal jobs, but less stressful jobs tend to stress out. Yes. And you're like, why are you stressing uh-huh. over this? This is nothing. Yeah, exactly. You know? And it's the same I thing know. I've said about, you know, when I used to jump out of airplanes yeah. and test parachutes. After you do that job, dealing with customers is easy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not nearly as stressful as right. putting on an experimental parachute and jumping oh out of an airplane. Oh my gosh, yeah. I so know. it's all relative to your experiences. But mm-hmm. but I mean, you look at that and you can see why that is on the why, list. Why, yeah, sure. yeah, why they can be on the, the top 10, even. Um, the next one is dancers. <laughs> now, we kind of thought, you know, that it could be anything from dancer, like a, an actual, like, I don't know, Broadway show type dancer to um, choreographers mm-hmm. and stuff like that. But, of course, I think the initial thought is Strippers. exotic dancers. Yeah. And, and with this, it's anybody that their job title has dancer. So mm-hmm. it is all of that. It yeah. is. It's, it's hip-hop dancers. Mm-hmm. It's go-go dancers. It's backup dancers. It's ballet dancers. It's Broadway. It's strippers. It's all of that. And we're not saying that all of those are on the level playing field. But when you look at those, even if you compartmentalize them and you say, well, let's say you're a ballet dancer. Well, ballet dancers are on the road. Mm -hmm. It's a very physically demanding job. You have to watch what you eat all the time. I mean, you have to watch what you do all the time. You often perform and function at your job late at night for hours on end and in pain. Yeah. And so your tolerability, I guess, I don't know if that's a word of people that don't understand that once again could be your partner mm-hmm. creates a problem. And you're on the road, you travel. So yeah. any any job that creates a physical separation is going to add a new stressor to a relationship that mm-hmm. can up your chances for unhappiness and, and increase your chances for a divorce. Yeah. Well, even even dancers, <clears throat> I would say that you know, just stayed local and, you know, like at the performing arts centers and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. It is going to be late nights and it's going to be very long days. Well, it's late nights seven days a week. N- yeah. Not only that, but, you know, they have matinee shows. They mm-hmm. have, you know, other types of stuff too, where they are gone probably most of the day. Oh yeah. So it's going to create so much separation, even when you are in town mm-hmm. too. Yep. And this is one of those that from the entire spectrum of professional performing arts dancer all the way to stripper, mm-hmm. there's still, a, no matter what on that spectrum it is, there is physical activity from the opposite sex. Mm-hmm. Yes. There's usually, I mean, if you're a female ballet dancer, there's a in-shape male dancer, gay or not, whatever, mm-hmm. doesn't matter, picking you up, holding you, dancing in a very intimate manner with you. And I think mm-hmm. that that can cause attraction, it can cause jealousy, and I think there can be, not even to mention at the other end, you know, having a partner that is an exotic dancer that's, you know, grinding on oh people for gosh. money. I mean, that, you're talking about a whole new that, rel- yeah. realm of insecurities and issues right there. Uh-huh. Um, so, not saying that, uh, I don't know, I, I really don't care about hurting people's feelings, but I don't want, <laughs> I, I, I don't know how to say that, because I, I, is there something in there that you would say, well, this part of being in that realm isn't as threatening to the level of divorce as this part. Or do you think it's all kind of even? Mm, I mean, I think that they're, I think that some of them are probably more mm-hmm. threatening. I, yeah, I definitely think that there are some that are more than others. Right. Because, I mean, someone that is just a ballet dancer isn't mm-hmm. 
naked right. on some somebody. And yeah, I, uh, that is a different playing field, I think. Okay. So number eight is correctional officers. Mm-hmm. This one was, the, some of them got very specific. Like mm-hmm. it's a supervisor of a frontline correctional officer. And then <laughs> others were like cops. Uh-huh. Um, so it's, it's hard to say exactly what, I mean, we know that police officers in general have higher rates of suicide. They have, you know, shorter life expectancy. They have high rates of divorce. They have higher rates of domestic assault and abuse yes. to their partners. So uh-huh. there's a whole big realm of, of issues that come with working in that realm. Uh-huh. Um, but when you look at a correctional officer that's like in a prison or a jail, even beat cops, and not to downplay what they do, but they aren't dealing face-to-face with the worst of society all day during their job. And correctional officers are. Are. It's in your face. I mean, you're you're dealing with the prisoners. Yeah, I all don't the time. Know. I think that both of them have to deal with a, a lot of. I'm just saying. People, though, I think no they do, what. but I think that ones on the street, uh-huh. they kind of get a step away f- from it throughout the day, uh-huh. more periodically. Yeah, they're driving to things. They're going and doing other stuff. I mean, we worked with them at the hospital quite yeah. a bit, and they'd yeah. come in and hang out in the break room for two freaking hours. I yeah. mean, that wasn't. That county was. I, I have nothing good to say about that county of deputy. Well, at all. except I for stand that. they they got you out of a well, not out of a situation, but like with uh, with your son. Oh yeah, yeah. Like because they knew who I was. Because they knew yeah. who you were. But yeah, yeah, but but yeah, they weren't dealing with everybody in the level that the people up in Golden were dealing with the prisoners. The only thing that I would say about them about them is that they put put it on someone else. They passed the buck. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Instead of dealing with them themselves. Yeah. Yes, they, they still had it, to make deal with my problem. Yeah, they still yeah. had to deal with the shitty people, but they just passed it on. They would on. deal with the person for 20 minutes and then leave them with us for 20 hours. Oh gosh, yeah, yeah that sucked. <laughs> um, yeah, so I mean, you can understand why anybody working in law enforcement would be yeah, would law be enforcement. On this list, period. Yeah. I think, and I think that I honestly think that it it shouldn't just be correctional officers on mm-hmm. on this list. I do think that um, that cops and anyone in that in that field really do have a higher mm-hmm. higher divorce rate. Um, the next one, and this one is always on the list too, is nurses. Mm-hmm. I mean, we, of course, again, we see it, we saw it firsthand with nurses, <clears throat> but it's another one of those fields where you are away from your family for at least 12 hours mm-hmm. a day, and depending on the nurse that you... Say, depending on how many... Most nurses work, what, three twelves a week? Yeah, usually. I mean, it depends... Sometimes they pick up extra shifts. Yeah, and they pick up and... extra shifts, but yeah, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I I don't want to say too much. I know we have nurse friends, so I don't want to say yeah. anything too bad. Yeah. About that, but um, yeah, I mean, we we have worked with people that we know, you know, and, and of course, infidelity was an issue. Uh huh. Um, the long hours were an issue. The getting treated like crap all day at work and having to go home after that was an issue. Mm-hmm. Um, the High census in a hospital where you are required to work overtime mm-hmm. was an issue. 
the you know separate especially if you're working that that grave shift that 7 p.m. to 7 a.m. and you're on the complete opposite shift as your kids and your partner and like it, I'm sure that it sounds good or it sounds maybe not good but it sounds okay for your family to you know well I I'll have all of these days off and I will you know be able to I'll be working while the kids are sleeping mm-hmm. And it sounds okay at first, but it really would take a toll on a person. Yeah. Uh-huh. And especially if if you are if you really aren't a night person, mm-hmm. you know. Well, I think the the problem with putting nurses on here in that is it's totally different. I mean, a a nurse in an ER is going to go through more than a nurse on one of the floors. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Traditionally, that's what's going to... Being a nurse, an ER nurse is way worse. Yeah. Um, but some people love that and thrive on that. But yeah, for all some of the similar factors we talked about the other ones, you could see why these would be on there. And you, one thing you got to look at uh, with these type of relationships or with these type of positions are they require you to build relationships with people. Yeah. Anything where you are developing a connection, even if it's out of empathy... Mm-hmm can be read into, I mean, you don't know how, well, I'm saying this to people listening, the countless number of nurses that ended up having stalker patients yeah. is scary. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was something that would, when I was direct in security, it was something we dealt with probably on a weekly basis. It was, oh, you know, cute little nurse on this floor has this patient that's stalking her, and it would start off, you know, oh, is she here? I'm getting discharged. Okay, well... Tell her I said bye, mm-hmm. and then the call the next week. Hey, I just wanted to tell you I'm, I'm doing good. Thank you. And then it was a card, and then it was roses, and then they would stop by. Oh, I was just driving by thinking, and and it would morph into this unhealthy stalker. Mm-hmm. Um, and that happened all the time yeah. because someone that was compassionate and sympathetic and empathetic cared physically and emotionally for someone, and it developed an attachment. Even if it is one-sided, mm-hmm. it can cause a problem. Yeah, I think that, well, and for... Nurses in the emergency room, I think that you don't you don't get to, you know, develop these type those types of relationships with your patients because they're in and out. Right. Unless you get frequent flyers, but then you just can't stand them because they are frequent flyers. Right. But um, but yeah, I think that nurses and other on like how you said the yeah. other the other, the other floors, floors and, and stuff, stuff. Mm-hmm. they can develop those types of relationships. And yeah, people, and then people can end up falling for their patients. Mm-hmm. And it, it, you know, it doesn't always just the weirdo, right? Yeah, that is stalking the, the well, nurse. And I, you know, I was there's there was this great documentary several years ago called Murderball about these paraplegic guys, and that played rugby. It's mm-hmm. a great story of these guys and these accidents. But one of the things that they all said was that they all had sex with their nurses, which. I don't know if their nurses were married, but there was they developed a specific enough bond mm-hmm. with the person providing them care that they had sex with them. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it happens. Yeah. Uh-huh. I know. That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> That's nuts. Um, so the next one is massage therapists. I yep. think... Um, once again, the only thing I can put to this <laughs> is cheating. I mean, I wouldn't want you with your hands all over a guy, uh-huh. let alone multiple guys all day long. Yeah. Um, 
Now, as people that frequent getting massages, uh-huh. I think we have a double standard. <laughs> where I'm okay paying somebody for the massage, uh-huh. and I'm okay us going to get massages. Yeah, well, but we get massages together. Yeah, we do though. the couples thing, but I wouldn't want... I mean, I, th- I think for most guys, there's this preconceived notion of what goes on at massage parlors. Well, I know. And, I mean, you see, like, TV shows and stuff or movies mm-hmm. where the, you know, they go to the massage therapist and even, like, Seinfeld, George, how he wanted a female massage right. therapist and they ended up getting a male one. Mm-hmm. But, you know, guys, some guys go to get massages because a pretty girl will massage yeah. them. <laughs> Which... I guess unless you have a specific clientele, you don't know. Uh-huh. Um, and I, we don't go to the same person mm-hmm. whenever we... Because we kind of do it on travel or, yeah. or whatever we're doing. We have a place here locally we may go to once a year, but mm-hmm. it's kind of sporadic for us. It's not something that's a routine. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I could see how this could be a problem for, for the... Not the person getting massage, but the person giving it. Mm-hmm. Um, I would imagine that most of their clientele are people that they probably aren't enjoying touching that much anyway. Yeah, I would say most of it. But I think that there is probably some where, again, they develop a relationship with them. Mm -hmm. And they are someone that frequents. Yeah, they have a clientele. Mm -hmm. And the same people pay for this, what is perceived initially as a safe safe interaction. And and I'm not saying that everybody does that, is planning to act on that. But I, I think you would be foolish to think that it wasn't some kind of thought, even if it was... Not, not that they would ever act on it, but something in the back of their head. Yeah. Um, especially if you are attractive. <laughs> yeah. And you've got the same guy coming to you all the time trying to get a massage. Yeah. Um, that, that should raise a little red flag. And I think if I, was, if I was the partner of that, and you were talking about your this one guy that comes you know once every other week for massage, it'd be like, the only reason he's doing that is because he wants you to touch on him. Yeah. That's it. Oh, I and know. And I think most women in that situation be like, well, nothing's ever happened. And it's like, well, we're not, we aren't saying nothing's happened mm-hmm. and we, or, or that something's happened. We're not saying that something is going to happen. We are just stating the fact that a guy is getting pleasure from my partner. Mm-hmm. Physical stimulation and pleasure from my partner. Yeah. And her hands on you. Uh-huh. That's a no-no. <laughs> Fuck that. Uh-huh. Are you getting mad just talking yeah. about it? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, oh my gosh. Like, these chicks, like, if they, you know, they think that you would come in and and want to... I, I'm getting mad because, um, like, I wouldn't want a massage therapist trying to hit on you, too, though. <laughs> yeah. But, but, yeah, no, that's gross. That's, that's sickening, the... Mm-hmm. Guys do that. Yep. The guys would do that. And I mean, even even being in um, like my previous field of um, apartment managing or um, property management, mm-hmm. it you know guys would come in or residents or whatever, and you know you have to be nice to them and. And, like, the same thing for your massage clients. You have to be nice yeah, to them. Yeah, you can't be rude. Yeah. yeah. So what do you do? Mm-hmm. I mean, you just don't develop those types of relations. Well, I think you have to 
have boundaries and borders. And I think that a lot of times we, and I'll say this nicely, I'll say the collective we, but I really just mean women. (laughs) We tend to be naive to these situations because we are sincere people and we don't, we wouldn't go into a situation with that intent. And so we find it hard to believe that others do. Right. I mean, you look at look the la- the last two we've talked about: massage therapists, nurses, mm-hmm. predominantly female jobs. Mm-hmm. It's you know ninety plus percent females that do that job. And we've established on here. We've talked about it. We've talked it about it with you know how you are nice to people. How mm-hmm. too many men are so stupid they don't can't see the difference between somebody being nice and someone wanting to develop a relationship. And so they take someone being nice as, oh, they want to develop a relationship with me. And that's, once again, women don't think that. Mm-hmm. Women don't think that way. They don't look at guys and say, oh, he was really nice to me. I bet he really wants to date me. Yeah. But men do. And I, don't th- I think a lot of women have a hard time understanding that and realizing that, that mm-hmm. these, these guys, and, and most of them, you know, I could picture exactly what they look like in my mind as I'm talking about it. That's how they react to those situations uh-huh. because they're getting attention and care and physical touch or whatever it is, and they don't get that on a regular basis, and they haven't gotten it in a long time, and they develop deep feelings for the person that's doing that for them. I know. I know. It's really, it's actually pretty sad. Mm-hmm. And so many times they don't even have to be that realm. It could really just be your personality being nice and talkative. Is enough for them to think that they. I know. It doesn't even have to be a massage therapist no, or a nurse. No, I know, and that's that's what. I mean, I, <laughs> I, I would feel bad for uh, some of the some like one, one resident in particular that would come in and and you could tell that he was just lonely mm-hmm. and just wanted to talk all the time, but it's just kind of weird and creepy, yeah. you know, and and you do have to set those boundaries and rules mm-hmm. like no you have to leave by yeah. you know this time or whatever and i don't know poor mm-hmm. things i, I kind um, of feel bad for him one of the things that uh i can't remember where i i had talked about this to somebody it wasn't you we i was talking to some guy or something about it but i had made the comment that is you know for about basically massage therapists not getting hit on one of the tricks that these women should use mm-hmm is start the massage with your wedding ring on and be like, oh, hold on, I forgot to take off my wedding ring. Uh, and just making that statement. You think that that would help? I think it would. Really? Yep. Hmm. Be like, oh, I don't want to scratch you with my wedding ring. Hold on, let me take this off. Uh, I think planting that seed that you're off the market verbally uh-huh. is, Yeah. I think it'd be good. But then you'd have the guy that's like, oh, she's taking it off, so she wants to pretend that she's not married. Oh, God. Oh, she's rubbing me. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, right? you, you would have those guys, okay. too. <laughs> that's that's a pretty good role play scenario. Yeah. Right? Yeah. To do at home. <laughs> You're funny. Oh, hold on, hold on, sir. Let me take off my wedding ring. It's going to get in the way. <laughs> right? Yeah. Oh, that'd be a pretty good role play right there. <laughs> yeah, it would be. Um, the next one... I think that this one is kind of uh, kind of weird to me, maybe. I don't know. Maybe maybe it's just odd to me because I, I just wouldn't think that it would be in the top. But it's telephone operators and call center type people. This one included, uh, 
Yeah, operators. It called. It included telemarketers. Telemarketers. It included dispatchers. Yes. Um, yeah. I, and this was one of the higher ones. It was. Yeah. I don't what was know, the I percentage mean, of that maybe. one? It 48. was 48.3%. Yeah, so you're still right there on that close to 50% divorce rate in that field. Yeah. Um, yeah, this was a tough one to kind of understand why. Yeah, I think. I don't yeah. know. I don't understand. I mean, because you would say on one hand, you know, they're stuck in a cube most of the time with headset on with not real any personal interaction uh-huh. with someone that's all via phone. So I don't know if you would think on one hand that would be something that would be nice when they got home that, oh my gosh, I get to interact with people again. But maybe it has a reverse effect Uh where it's like, this is the world I live in and I'm comfortable in my little box. I guess. Um, I don't know. I mean, we've known several people in this field that on some level that I wouldn't see it as this high of a divorce rate. Right. Well. But most of the people I know are single. Yeah. That have done that. Or they were single when they were doing it. Yeah. I know that... Because I worked at a call center before, mm-hmm. and <clears throat> it was it was a fun, easy job. Mm-hmm. It was you know we we initially we played games and stuff like before we got on the phones and and like kind of got I mean it was a sales job yeah but we got you know I guess ourselves hyped up for the day and then we got on the phones and. You know, then your day's over a few hours later. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it wasn't... I didn't think it was, like, a super stressful job to where, you know, I would go home complaining or, yeah. you know. Well, and, and it's... I think there's a big difference, too, from telemarketers or call centers to dispatchers. Dispatchers is different, definitely. Dispatchers is that, different. Because that one is pretty... I think that one could be stressful. It could be stressful, and I think that... I mean, have you met dispatchers? I know a dispatcher. Mm-hmm. Is it a guy or a girl? A girl. I don't want you to give any... All, I know all of the dispatchers that I have known or worked with or were a dispatcher all had extremely similar qualities. Uh-huh. Um, they all looked like they sat at a desk all day uh-huh. in the dark. So they never took care of their hair. They never wore makeup. Uh-huh. They never really worried about their physical appearance. They didn't have a public interfacing job. Uh-huh. They were strictly on the phone, and they looked exactly like that's what their deal was. I don't think the the, the girls that I know, they don't. Okay. They take care of themselves. Uh-huh. Okay. So, um, I'm not saying all dispatchers right. are like that. Yeah. I'm, sh- I'm sure probably the majority is, though. Now, I did have a dispatcher. Describe. Asked me out on a date before. Oh, you did. I know. Yeah. I remember that. Right? Jeez. Or was it someone else? I remember something. We, I, remember. I had a dispatcher in my we, company that had the hots for me. And it, it started we were, before we met. Yeah. I think I remember. But she kind of. But I think I remember it when we were still, when we were together. Though. Like, because I remember, like, you saying that. So that she did have a thing for you, like, when you first started or something, and then, um, and then, like, when we were together, she, like, tried to contact you a couple mm-hmm. times or something. Which. Yeah. <laughs> and it was all over phone. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I don't know. Uh-uh. Well, that's why. Yeah, that's why. They try, trying to start some shit. <laughs> 
Okay. Yeah. Um, I think we're going to have to do this in two separate episodes. You think? I mean, it's... I mean, yeah. It, All right. Well, we can keep pushing. We can, we can try to get through the rest. All right. No, I guess it I is I think you're talking be... too much, so that's messing us up. Oh, be quiet. <laughs> <laughs> so the next one on the list is um, manufacturer um, type jobs and like assembly line. Yeah. That one was at 48.8%. Yeah, they had like five or six specific jobs in the, the, these lists that took up five or six of the top 20. Yeah. And it's like, okay, it's all the same field. You yeah. work in a manufacturing plant, you work on an assembly line, you operate manufacturing equipment. It's the same field. So, Which I was like, when, when Seth and I were getting started for this one, or trying to prepare for the episode, I was like, why would they be on the list? Especially in the top five, mm-hmm. even. And what you brought to my attention was that, you know, it's, it is one of those types of jobs where, you know, you just, by the end of the day, you've worked hard, you know, you just want to go and have a drink and, mm-hmm. and that is probably what causes. There are, and this, this sounds insensitive and mean and generalistic, but th- these, these definitely have on, on the people I've known and been exposed to and. I've had some in my previous relationship family, at least three of them, worked in this type of world. Mm-hmm. And I have seen from my perspective, and that's all it is, very stereotypical behavior from people that do this. Guys and girls, because one of them was a woman. Uh-huh. That it was what you said. It was I worked very long days. Most of them are union based, and so they have mandatory overtime, mm-hmm. especially if they're behind on production. Yeah. And that creates stress, it creates discomfort. Um, a dissatisfaction it creates an issue um, you know n- not not to say that this is a horribly negative thing but the education level of most people in this field are lower than other fields mm-hmm. um, and so they don't have the opportunity to say you know what I quit I'm out of here mm-hmm. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna go find something better mm-hmm. um, because for whatever situation this may be the best that they can do and it is that I've put in a lot of hours it's loud. It's noisy. I just want everything shut off. I don't want to hear you talking. I don't want to hear this. And, and most of them were the only one in the household working. Mm-hmm. Their partner didn't work. Right. And these, especially nowadays, they can pay pretty decent money. Yeah. They but can. it's a shitty job. Yeah. I mean, it's not. It's that that type of rep, reputa, repetition uh, would. Somebody like me, it would drive me nuts. Mm-hmm. I, I couldn't do that job. It would it would be something that if I had to do it to make money, I would do it. But I would be looking for something else the entire time. Or looking to manage them. Yeah. Or, well, I don't even know if I'd want to be in that type of environment. Um, but it, it creates... It can create resentment. When you hate your job, you hate what you're doing, and you see your partner not working, Yeah, it can cause problems. Right. But they definitely That's had true. that. It's been a long day. I'm stopping on my way home for a beer. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of how it was. And so those, all that stuff combined can create issues at home. Yeah, and And uh, when you find yourself in those situations of, of what you feel are uncontrollable because of the job circumstances, you, you tend to find one thing that you can control, and that is your home life. And sometimes your control may be to end it. Uh-huh. Um, so there's, there's, I think there's very good reasons why this is in that like top five of the highest rate. Yeah. So we're down to the top three. Um, the, the next one is 
Number three is casino workers. Yeah. That's anything in the casino. There, That's the dealers. That's the cage workers. It's the managers, the pit bosses, all that. Very high stress. I think most people don't realize what a high stress job that is. Anytime you're dealing with, I mean, this is more money than your bank is going to hold. So mm-hmm. it's different. I think people that work in finance will be like, oh, that wouldn't be that bad. No, it's, it's totally different. Mm-hmm. Um, way higher stress. And... If you don't like being micromanaged, do not work in a casino because you are being watched constantly, one hundred percent of your shift, uh-huh. and anything you do is scrutinized. Yeah. Um, so I think w- when you when you're at work for even an eight hour shift, and you're around drunk people and loud people and smokers and obnoxious people, and then your boss is breathing down your neck all the time mm-hmm. uh, because they have to. Not, I mean, that's just the nature of the beast. Mm-hmm. Any, I think that makes little things at home become bigger things. Yeah. Like, get off my back. I've been dealing with this crap all day. So, no. And so I can see that being a problem. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's at 50.2%. Yep. The next one is flight attendants. Again, another one where they're traveling all Mm -hmm. the time and away from home. And and so it's going to cause some stress. Yep. Physical separation creates added stress to a relationship. Uh Um you know, flight attendants are one of those you because I, I travel all the time and we travel all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I was just in Detroit last, not this past week, but the week, week before, before when they were going through their polar vortex oh or my whatever. Gosh, yeah. But uh, you know, I ended up getting rerouted. We got into Detroit pretty late at night, and the crew from my flight were checking. I was doing a presentation next day at the hotel at the airport, and so the crew from my flight all showed up at the hotel at the same time I did. Uh-huh. And so we were all checking in at the same time. And uh, it was a larger plane I flew on. It wasn't, you know, a typical Southwest flight that had, you know, two to four attendants. It was a larger, like an American Airlines mm-hmm. flight. And, uh, you know, so they had a larger crew. Two male pilots and then probably six female flight attendants. And as soon as we got there and they checked in, like me, my processes, I get there. I, I had to be up early to present mm-hmm. and... I was starving. Yeah. And so I check in and I call you and I'm talking to you while I grab a little snack and go back to the room and unpack and <clears throat> get my stuff ready oh, for the yeah. next day. And then the, the restaurant was closed, but the bar yeah, the was open. The restaurant was closed, but the bar was open. And the crew didn't go to their room. They checked in, got their keys, and unanimously, like, what a day. We need a drink. And they all just moved with their bags and everything straight to the bar to start drinking. Mm-hmm. And this wasn't a one-off. I see this all the time mm-hmm. when I travel. And so anytime you're dealing with something where your partner is flying in an airplane and you can't talk or text or communicate with them, and then the second they get a free moment, they're hanging out at the bar all night with other coworkers, male or female, opposite sex, whatever it is, it's a problem. Mm-hmm. Um, and so no no wonder this, what is this, number two or three? That's number two. Yeah, number two, uh-huh. yeah, number two. I, I believe it for sure. Yeah, at 50.5% mm-hmm. for that. The last one is where the bartender, or the, <laughs> the uh, flight, attendants, flight, yeah. att- flight attendants went to, mm-hmm. is the, to the bartenders. Yep. Bartenders is number one on, on the list, and that's yep. at 52, 52.7%, almost 53%. Yep. I don't think you need to give a whole lot of meaning behind that. I mean, yeah. I think that... Nightlife, working with intoxicated people, yeah. having to be flirtatious to make money and get yeah. tips is is high. Mm-hmm. It's very high. I, I think that uh, 
you know, people may say, well, why, why, why aren't strippers normal? Because I think there's less people married in that field. Yeah, that's true. The bartender working at the strip club is usually married. Uh huh. Yeah. And the dancer isn't. Uh huh. So, you know, go, go, you don't have to be a mathematician to figure out how that equation works out sometimes. Right. But, yeah, bartenders, and, and with all these, I know that there's people that can get very defensive. Uh-huh. Well, I've been a bartender for whatever, and I've never, it's like, okay, well, we're not talking about it's not a hundred percent. Right. Even at this, what was the percentage? Fifty. Fifty-two point seven. Fifty-two point seven percent. So you're part of the forty-three point yeah. <laughs> point three percent. You're the half that's not getting divorced, <laughs> but half of your coworkers. And and if you're in or that field, point, yeah, whatever. If you're in that field or you're in that present in that uh, profession, mm-hmm. you can probably list off the top of your head how many people you know that have gotten divorced. Yeah. So. Don't get mad at me. It's the I numbers. Know. Yeah, I know. It's this is just the <laughs> the actual numbers, the mm-hmm. statistics behind all of it. Yep. That we we just decided to to look up. Mm-hmm. So the so that was the top ten of the highest, highest yep. and then the lowest the um the lowest one out of all the of highest them. out of the low. No. Are you, wait, are you going the lowest? The lowest. Oh, okay. The lowest is. Actuaries. Actuaries. I, I wonder how many people are like. What's an actuary? What the fuck is an actuary? Yeah. Well, for those of you that are uneducated, <laughs> um, sit down and I'll learn you. <laughs> Shut up. Actuaries are the people that collect analytic data and information for insurance companies uh-huh. to really determine risk factors. Um, sounds really exciting, right? No. no this is a nerd. So there's no surprise that one of the nerdiest jobs on the planet is going to have the lowest rate of divorce. Well, not only that, but like um, with them having to... They don't work with people. They work with numbers. Well, yeah, they do. But even if you were like kind of, you know, if you had to explain the numbers to a person, it's going to be, it's probably going to be bad news because you're dealing with the insurance type stuff and you're delivering the bad numbers or whatever when they're not going to be happy about the situation right you know yep. <laughs> you're not developing a good relationship with right somebody. yeah it's it, you're not providing care you're not providing uh-huh. support so your your dynamic with customers is completely different mm-hmm. uh, like you said it's it's not building a relationship at all mm-hmm. um, it's one of those jobs that i think that it's it's something that people do but it's even socially i think it would be kind of difficult and awkward to well, hey, how, what do you do? Because I think even people in that are like, it's very boring, but here's what I do. Yeah. People would be like, okay, yeah, I don't care. <laughs> you know? Right. And so I think that that's where it's it's not a prestigious position. It's not a public-facing position. It's not a people-pleasing position. So it has all the great factors to keep you faithful. Yeah, okay. but So so the next one, I think that it it's a little And that's, odd. what was that, only 17%? Yeah, that was 17%. Only a 17% divorce yeah. rate. That's very low. Very low, yeah. The next one I think that is, um, like with you saying, you know, they're not dealing with people, they're not, you know, developing relationships. The next one I found a little bit odd because they are dealing with people, and that's physical therapists. Mm-hmm. You know, they are developing a relationship where, you know, you're trying to rehabilitate somebody or, mm-hmm. you know, get someone back onto onto their feet even literally yeah you know and you would think maybe i don't know they're 
you know, they, it, that it might be in the same category as like a nurse, but it's not. Yeah. And I'm, I'm not, I wonder if it has to do with the, uh, once again, physical therapy, there's all different types, mm-hmm. you know, if, if you have carpal tunnel, you can go to physical therapy. Mm-hmm. So it's not just the person that has a spinal injury and is trying to learn to walk again and, and they fall in love with their nurse who helped them. Yeah. That's Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Does it happen in real life? Yes. Yeah. Does it happen as often as we think it does? Obviously not. Yeah. If it's second on the list. Mm-hmm. Um, and once again, it's, we aren't making this up. This The numbers prove what they do. But physical therapy is also people, I mean, we were looking at hospice and stuff like that for my dad. Uh-huh. No physical therapist in hospice is going to get divorced to leave for one of their hospice patients. That's true. Well, unless they're a really rich hospice patient and then they yeah, are like, well, it, maybe right. <laughs> I can But even out. if that happens, I think it's still a very small percentage. <laughs> right. Uh-huh. And so I think, I think a lot of it kind of depends on, on who you're dealing with. I mean, I, and, and I think the same thing goes for nurses for on that end. You know, even identifying those nurses that have those brief touch points with people, like the ER, they're not developing those relationships. But those that are nurturing and developing that, and physical therapy is a small piece of, usually when we see it in the media, you you tend to think somebody's at this physical therapy session all day. Mm -hmm. It's usually 30 to 60 minutes. That's true. Sessions. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's not like the nurse that for a 12-hour shift is coming in and talking to you for 12 hours. Mm -hmm. It's a brief touch point. Sometimes it's not even seven days a week. It may just be a couple of times a week. So I I, I know for all of that, there are those cases that are, well, they do a two-hour session with me and and we do it seven days a week. So don't be an asshole. I'm, I'm just saying, you know, those are few and far between. Yeah. But every nurse works a 12-hour shift mm-hmm. and sees her patient over the course of 12 hours. Right. Most physical therapists don't have that much face time with their patients. Uh-huh. Well, it can be more meaningful and may appear more helpful. It just, may, it just ends up being different because it's less. Yeah. Uh-huh. Right. I think uh, the next one is another one that doesn't deal with people, and that's software developers. Well, hold on. Uh-huh. I think another thing uh-huh. with physical therapy is a lot of the physical therapists that are helping people walk are males. Because, like, those tragic comeback stories are usually males because they have to be able to physically support and hold up another man. I don't know. I'm just saying. I'm. I don't. I think I'm gonna have to disagree. You're not gonna have a five foot ten or six foot guy male walking on beams with a five foot two, hundred and twenty pound girl most of the time. It's gonna be a bigger male helping them. Uh huh. And so the physical touching piece is usually someone of the same sex. Mm. In those t- on these instances when you would think, well, I but had this traumatic male, event, and now male, I'm, I'm falling for the person that's helped me get back on my feet. And then a female with a female. Well, or a male to a female. But most female patients aren't the ones falling for male caregivers. Right. Yeah, I know. I'm just saying because, I mean, I, I've, I saw it with my mom. My mom had uh, female physical therapists in, mm-hmm. in her room on her on, when she was trying to walk again and stuff. Well, I'm not and, saying it doesn't happen. No, I'm just I know. saying for and those. And then I think even uh, even your dad's um, physical therapist was a female too. So I don't know. I, I think I'm going to have to disagree with you. I'm just that. saying those severe cases of 
like when I talk about the paraplegic guys, uh-huh. if you go through that, like KC when he lost his leg uh-huh. and was at the VA, it wasn't female helping him walk. Mm-hmm. He's a big dude. It was males helping him get back on his feet. Now, he had different people giving him levels of care, mm-hmm. but the ones that were giving the encouragement, you can do this, keep walking, and, and developing that type of specific connection mm-hmm. were males. And I, once again, it's not absolutes. I'm not saying this is all the time. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying most nurses mm-hmm. are developing these relationships or crushes or whatever stalkers with males mm-hmm. because of their vulnerability. But I think a lot of guys that need this intense physical therapy to get their life back are going through that more times than not with same-sex therapists. Maybe. I think there's a ton of female uh-huh. therapists and therapists. Yeah. But like the ones that helped my dad and the ones that helped your mom, it wasn't this. Uh-huh. We're teaching you how to walk again and we're going on this journey with you uh-huh. over the course of six months because the doctor said you'll never walk again. It's not that that type of deep story. Right. Uh-huh. There, there's probably different therapists that are that you would call for that those types of yeah. situations. Right, right, right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. So, yeah, the next one, um, again, is software developers where they don't have to interact with mm-hmm. with people. Yeah. I mean, it's I know it sounds harsh because I, I kind of said it about the analytical stuff, but it's another kind of it, – it's, it's not a glorified position. It's not a, wow, tell me about what you do. Mm-hmm. There's not this, this level of intrigue behind it. The good news is I mean, some these, people might think it's these, intriguing, but the, the good news about these these quote unquote nerdy positions is they pay really good. Yeah, and so you can't get mad. The sacrifice is you have a nerdy job, but the plus size is you make more than most people, and you have a way less chance of getting divorced. So you still win on the end of the day. Yeah, and <laughs> so, if you so don't marry, get offended. Yeah, and if you marry one of these guys. Mm-hmm. You get to reap the benefits of him getting paid very well. Right. And him not going to leave you or her not going to leave you. <laughs> mm-hmm. And once again, we're not talking absolutes. No. I don't want somebody that has a, a good-looking partner that plays rugby every weekend to be like, well, my husband's a software developer, and that's not who I'm talking about. You know what I mean. Yeah. You know. It's very stereotypical. It is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, they their percentage is 20.3%. The next one is optometrist, which is another one that has that does deal with people. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I I think you know you said like the the ists about well yeah the <laughs> ists yes you did, but the you know like the assembly line type workers mm-hmm. how they didn't they didn't have that well of an education but like. It sounds like most of these other ones do have a further education. Yeah, and, yeah, and that, that's one of the things in common with, I believe, all of these. Mm-hmm. And, and that's something that they have statistically proven. People that people with more education and more money mm-hmm. have lower divorce rates than people. I with don't know about more money. No, no, no. That's part of it too. I'm not really? saying. In, yeah, they they did that same study as well. The only problem is when you see about celebrities or rich people or the Jeff Bezos that own Amazon, uh-huh. you hear about those divorces more. But the amount of people that running companies get divorced to the amount of people living in trailer homes are completely lopsided. 
Yeah, but it's not I saying that, that it doesn't happen in both groups, mm-hmm. but the studies that came out have shown the correlation, the direct correlation to people that are educated. And part of it is they get married later in life. Uh-huh. So they're not making dumb mistakes. I mean, my ignorant Oklahoma ass married an ignorant North Carolina ass girl <laughs> when we were teens. Yeah. So we were. We weren't educated. She didn't graduate high school. I didn't go to college. Uh-huh. We were making dick in the military, uh-huh. and we were just this side of trailer park trash when we were very young. Uh-huh. And so we don't compare to our marriage of getting married when you were 30, and I was in my mid to almost late 30s at that point in time, who had more experiences, who had more education, who were making more money mm-hmm. because there's not the stresses yeah. involved mm-hmm. in that. And so that's where that's coming from. It's not this poor people are, are doomed to get divorced mm-hmm. or stupid people are doomed. To, that's not the, the intent of it. There's other factors behind that that make it not so harsh. Now, if you're 40 years old and you aren't making that much money, you still may have enough life experiences that you know how to maintain a good relationship. Yeah. But when you start looking at people that typically are uneducated and don't make money, they tend to get married younger than people because everybody else is focused on their their goals, their educational goals and their career goals. Right. And so while they're focused on getting educated and earning money, they aren't getting married. Yeah. I know. I, I Yes, I, I think I agree with that. I think that um, that there are those pretentious assholes mm-hmm. that you know go and you know because they are now making all of this money go out and you know start cheating and right you know t- like uh yeah but do they get divorced i or does the the woman let them get away with that because I fucking hope not. She better not let them get away with it. That's if they easy. signed a prenup and she doesn't get anything if they get divorced. Oh, man, I know. She ain't leaving. That's true. That's very true. <clears throat> but So I'm not saying they don't cheat. I'm not saying that they have better marriage. I'm uh-huh. not saying that people that live in a 16-bathroom, 20-bedroom mansion a have marriage. a better relationship than the person living right. in a single-wide. I'm not right. saying that at all. Yeah. I'm just saying if you're living in a single-wide, it's easier to say, I'm walking away from all of this <laughs> than it is if you're living in a 16-bathroom, 20-bedroom mansion. That's true. Okay. So it's not saying one marriage is better than the uh-huh. other. It's just saying the divorce rate is lower or higher than uh-huh. the other. Yeah, I know. That's that's very, very true. <laughs> um, oh, the next one is the religious sector. Yeah. That, I mean, I think that's probably... Well, well, this gets a lot of publicity when it does happen. Uh-huh. It doesn't happen very often. I mean, you once again, we're, we're living in Oklahoma. You can't throw a rock in any direction without hitting a church. Yeah, I know. And while we have had our share of scandals, even if you want to say there's a religious scandal out here once a year, mm-hmm. for the amount of people that work in the religious sector in this area, the divorce rate is extremely low. Yeah. It's just it gets a lot of attention when it does happen. So mm-hmm. I think that's why people are like, What? What, what about Jimmy Swaggart and, and all these, you know, the, these uh, scandal type of religious people? But that's, that's such a small percentage yeah. of what happens. Um, and I don't know, I mean, once again, divorce rate. If you're looking at clergy and priests, they aren't married anyway. So 
know. They're not getting divorced. Right. You right. know, nuns aren't getting divorced because yeah. they're not married. So I think this is that kind pretty of obvious. skews to that as well. So, uh, but well, yeah, I think that. What, I think was, that what was the percentage of clergy? Twenty twenty point six. Yeah, twenty point six percent. I think that it is. It, I think it's good to put it on the list though, and and to talk about it though, and and what you said that. You know, when it does happen, there is a lot of light. Well, and they are, out of all of these groups, they are Mm anti-divorce. So, once again, doesn't mean that they have better or more successful marriages than non-religious people. Mm -hmm. They're more likely to put up with their partner's shit Mm -hmm. for fear of losing face or having to save face or lose in the good graces of the congregation of the church, so they're not going to get divorced because of that. Yeah, I know. And when you do get divorced, especially in certain denominations, you're shunned. Oh, they, you, yeah. You're they not working in the religious sector like again. No you, you committed the mortal sin of getting divorced, mm-hmm. which we could do in a whole episode debating that issue right there. Yeah. But, yeah. So so they, they aren't proponents of divorce anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would actually think the percentage would be lower on that. Oh, I know. Because of you that. would think yeah. that it would would have been the instead of the actuary, mm-hmm. <laughs> it would have been the religious sector. But yeah. no, yeah. Uh, the next one is engineers. Yeah, another one. It's usually uh, for every, and I know that there's women engineers out there, but for every female engineer, there's two hundred men. Mm-hmm. So it's a same sex dominated type of industry. Mm-hmm. Um, very smart. Very, very smart. Very smart, very educated, mm-hmm. makes really good money. Mm-hmm. So kind of goes in the line with some of the other stuff we talked about. Mm-hmm. Um, and Ooh, that cherry is strong. Oh, I know. Yeah, I, that's, what, <laughs> that's why I was... I probably looked like a dog eating peanut butter when I had the last one. Cause oh, it was, my gosh. It was soaking up all that <laughs> vermouth and, wow. and whiskey. Yeah. I think just eating a jar of those would get you messed up. Oh, huh? man, that's crazy. <laughs> um, the next one is uh, physicians and surgeons. In the, which we thought it was funny yeah. because the nurses were on the other end of the spectrum. And then physicians and surgeons are... On the lower end. Yeah, but who's really developing the relationships? The nurses yeah, are. The nurses are. And, yeah, because the nurses are doing most of the work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Anybody that's been in the hospital or had a loved one in the hospital, <clears throat> physician talks are short, sweet, to the point, and they're out the door. Mm-hmm. They come off as cold. Sometimes. And inconsiderate. Most of the time, I would say. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we know they're not all like that. No. And I think they definitely act differently with their coworkers than they do the patient population. Yeah. Um, surgeons, you aren't dealing with anybody that's awake. Yeah. You say, hi, I'm going to be doing the operation for you today. You may have a pre-consultation, and then they talk to you afterwards, and that's it. Yeah. I mean, there's some surgeons that are really, really good, and they will... Yeah, and, and, and I'm they not, care. They actually care. I'm, I'm not trying but, to downplay that, but yeah. they 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 aren't in a position where they can build those type of relationships mm-hmm. that nurses can. Right. Um and, and, mm-hmm. and so that's, you know, it, it, that's why you see one on the high end because mm-hmm. people are like, well, shouldn't all medical field? Well, no, not necessarily. I yeah. mean, you look at, at the, you look at all the different types of jobs within medical. And one of the ones that was on the low end that we didn't put on here because it didn't make the top 10 was pharmacists. Oh yeah. Uh-huh. Not uh-huh. pharmacy techs, yeah. but an actual pharmacist, mm-hmm. um, who once again, Back in the day, it was the pharmacist knew everybody in town, had the relationships. But nowadays, the pharmacy techs are 
you're the ones having the conversations with that's true the customers not the pharmacists themselves that's true but i from me and dealing with pharmacists myself all pharmacists that i well maybe most of them maybe not maybe not all are assholes, assholes. Yeah. and i wouldn't want to ma- be married to one of them mm-hmm. fuck them so are you saying that they're on here on the low rate because they're Single? I don't know why they're on the low. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know why they're on the low rate, but... The pharmacists make like 12 times the amount of the pharmacy techs, too. Oh, yeah. So it's a uh, very lopsided... And they, I mean, they think they're better than everybody. And yeah, I just, yeah, I don't like them very much. <laughs> <laughs> the next one is a, another one that Seth is probably going to say classified as nerdy, but scientists. Yep. You're seeing a theme here. <laughs> You've seen a theme on who who gets to stay married more. Yeah. So the moral of the story is to just nice guys do finish last. I guess so. I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just marry the yeah. the sweet little nerdy guy. Why not? Right? Yep. Or you get the best of both worlds. You're not going to leave you. You're not going to get divorced. And they're going to bring in more money. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, scientists, though. is, uh, And that one is... That, a, that included a lot. That included biologists, physical scientists. Yeah, that was um, a lot. That included social science. Mm-hmm. I mean, all any realm of the sciences were included in, into that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it, it's anybody in those. And that was kind of what I put in the ists. Yeah, that was 21, 21.5% for those. Um, podiatrists mm-hmm. is another one. The ists are the last three. Podiatrist, um, mm-hmm. the scientists, and dentist is yep. the last one. Dentist. Yep. Mm-hmm. So all those, I think that they, their their relationship with their clients is sporadic. Mm-hmm. It's you like your dentist, but you see your dentist twice a year. Mm-hmm. You're not, you know. Once again, you look at nurses who are. You're dealing with for half a day, mm-hmm. for multiple days throughout the week, and you develop more. When you're in the dentist chair, your opportunity to talk about commonalities is no, few and far no. between. <laughs> yeah. So that you, you're kind. There's in, in the medical field and things like that. You look at the caregiver stuff and the service provider stuff, and mm-hmm. and optometry, podiatry, dentistry. That's really such a niche thing that it's really kind of a service, not really the same as a caregiver mm-hmm. type of Feel realm. Or, yeah. yeah. So, uh-huh. so there, there's differences to it. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah. So I, I think that, I think it's funny, um, with the dentist thing, like I love my dentist. He's awesome. And <coughs> he talks about how much he loves his wife mm-hmm. and you know, what a good relationship they have. And do they follow the podcast? Um, I know that he, he was going to yeah. start following, but um, him, he was like, he asked what I do and I told him what I do and that we, you know, we're able to work together, you and I. And he's like, oh my gosh, I love that. I love mm-hmm. that. I wish that I could, that me and my wife could work together all the time like that. And I'm like, oh, cool. Dentist is on there, you know, yeah. <laughs> on the low end. Yeah. Well, and, and I think, you know, we kind of said at the beginning, it's not to, it's not to use as a scare tactic or a people in this field are better than you this field. You shouldn't marry this person. Yeah, or don't marry this, this person. Now, there are certain jobs that I've, I've told people, I was like, yeah, 
I wouldn't get into somebody that does that for a living. Yeah. Um, but once again, you, you, you could be an actuary mm-hmm. and have the lowest rate of divorce, but there's still a 23% chance of, or not 23%, a 83% chance of divorce mm-hmm. or of, you have an 83% chance of not getting divorced. Yeah. So, but within that 17% chance of getting divorced, you know, out of every 100, that means 17 do. Mm-hmm. So, it doesn't matter what job you're in. If you want to cheat, if you want to cause problems, if you want to not have sex with your partner, if you want to, you know, all the things we've talked about, not wearing your wedding ring, not communicating with your partner, not mm-hmm. having sex with your partner, all of that stuff that we've talked about for the last 36 episodes, right? Is this episode 37? No, this is episode 39, 39? Okay, I'm too behind. (laughs) But the last 38 episodes, that applies to everybody. Doesn't matter what your job is, what field you work in, what industry you work in, what hours you work, how many hours you work. um, All that stuff applies. So you can have the the lowest rate of divorce type of job and still get divorced if you're still a crappy partner. Yeah. And you can be in the highest rate of divorce job and be a bartender and stay married for 40 years. Mm -hmm. It's not saying that you won't. You just need to be aware of how to act in those type of roles. Yeah. Uh Um, Yeah. And making sure that your partner and your relationship with your partner is number one. and, And what we don't know with these is the specifics of far as a... You t- let's take a male-dominated role or field like an engineer. Mm-hmm. The how many people was on the engineer? Engineer twenty-one point six. Uh-huh. So what if that twenty-one point six percent that sixteen percent of them are the females? Mm-hmm. What stress does it bring to the relationship when you are the only person of an opposite sex working in that industry? Yeah, that's true. And so maybe it has to do with the sex of the partner in that. Maybe it depends on who their coworkers are. I think it's, I honestly think it's the person it's themselves. The person. Yeah, it's I, not, I agree with that. It's not going to be, you know, male or female. Mm-hmm. It's just who the person is and, and not even who, just who the person is, but, um, the person, is, who the person is and who the partner that, that they're with is too. Yeah. And I mean, cause I mean, I wasn't, uh, I was a witchy, different person when I was with the Mm -hmm. wrong partner. And, you know, you weren't the perfect partner, you know, before we got together either. Mm -hmm. And, and so, yeah, I think it's just, it doesn't matter, you know, if you're male or female or what. In my last relationship, we were just two imperfect people. (laughs) (laughs) who realized after time we wasted a lot of time not giving up on each other. Yeah. That's what that quote should be. Yeah. So you gave up on each other. (laughs) Right. Yeah. That's funny. But, yeah. I mean, we... uh, It was... Definitely something fun to yeah, to talk about. Food for thought. Just a, a fun little topic to... Yeah. A fun, and, long topic, really, yeah, to talk long, about. Um, but <laughs> I think that it was a pretty good, pretty good discussion. And I think that I haven't even finished my drink and I am pretty... I'm feeling it. Yeah, I've been taking like very, very small sips of it mm-hmm. this whole time for the last 
hour and 20 minutes. And I'm like, how do I still have stuff left? I know. It's very strong. I know. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think that's the, you know, end of this episode for this week. Happy Valentine's Day again. Happy Valentine's Day. Thank you all for listening, as always. And don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel. Check us out on, I would say, most of the uh, we, we just podcast platforms. Spotify. We, yeah, we, we're yeah. now on Spotify. So um, if that is your main listening spot, definitely subscribe to us there. Um, like us on Facebook. Follow us on Instagram. And we will talk to you next week. Thanks.